Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Out of the gates for hour number two. Outkick 360 from the 6th and Peabody Studios, which includes Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. With Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Glad you're with us across YouTube and on the social media platforms like Twitter. You can follow us at Outkick360. You can find the podcast wherever you download your podcast. And we also say thank you to our radio partners across the Outkick Network. Florence, Alabama, Fox Sports Shoals, Muscle Shoals, Huntsville, and in Knoxville, Fox Sports Knoxville. Uh, And you can find us here each and every day in Nashville here at 6th and Peabody. And we look forward to growing that radio network, and we're going to have announcements about that soon. Yep. We are very appreciative for all of our radio partners, especially those jumping on very Early. early in this process. They will always hold a special place in our hearts. We so will we not appreciate, forget you. We appreciate, appreciate Fox Sports Shoals, uh, uh, Fox Sports Knoxville, everyone else, and there's going to be others we're going to be announcing oh, soon. Oh, there are others. There will definitely be others. There's always others. We will grow like there a Chia others. pet. <laughs> we are thrilled to have those stations on board. So thank you, thank you, thank you. You can hit us up on Twitter, at Outkick360. Shout out to Dylan Taylor, Jacob Swanson, David Reed for making the show happen today, Man. Becca Risley, and Sleepy Danny. Man. Also and down Becca. the hall making it happen for us uh, with, what'd you say? I said, and Becca. Oh, I said Becca. I said, man. Oh, and, and Becca. Oh, Becca, and Becca. So I, I, and Becca. I didn't and Becca. insult her. Um, the NFL schedule this week is kind of insulting. Have you guys seen the spreads? Vegas is telling us everything. There are really good teams and we are not talking enough about the really bad teams. There are the haves and the have-nots. Well, we're about to see a couple of them I can't wait to see how many of these teams can actually push to 500 at the end of the year because on surface level, after the first two weeks, there are some terrible organizations across this league well, right now. it's funny, too. You say 500, we're going to keep talking like that. There is no more 500. Right, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's an awkward adjustment to make. It's like when a team relocates cities. And it's really hard to so, think of the record. You know, 10 and 6 doesn't exist anymore. It's going to be a real adjustment. It will be. You're to, right. To get these numbers in our heads. But look, Jets, bad. So Jaguars, here are the spreads. Bad. Here are the spreads. Um, Carolina favored by eight, at least last I looked, against the Texans tonight on the road, Thursday night football. Arizona uh, minus seven against Jacksonville. I, I would bet ja- I would bet against the Jags as long as the spread is under 10. Yeah. I put money on this game already. Yep. I don't know why the spreads are not catching up to that. To pounce on that. Yesterday, this was yesterday because Lamar Jackson did not practice today. Yesterday, Baltimore's favored by nine against the Lions. Buffalo, favored by seven and a half over Washington. Cleveland, favored by seven over Chicago. And Denver by 10. Denver by 10 over the Jets. And Denver's no big scoring. See, that's an interesting spread because Denver's no big scoring offense, but the Jets aren't going to score in that game. My point is, it is hard to find an NFL game. The spreads are three, three and a half. You can find one or two that's around five. Um, It is hard to find multiple games that are scratching the double-digit area 
like we have this week across the National Football Here's League. Here's the other thing that's going on in the league. Home field advantage in terms of spread is going away, or it should be going away. Road teams are doing very well. Two points as a home field edge is being rated. I'm paying it more and more attention on Twitter, right, because I'm doing some betting, and I'm paying attention to these spreads. Most of the sharps who, who talk, or the, or the people who know what the sharps are doing, who, who talk on Twitter and advise on Twitter and the like, are saying that two points is way too much as a baseline for home field advantage based on the results that we're seeing. Yeah. And it's usually two-plus travel, like if you're going to the West Coast or you're coming to the East Coast, they would add on that. They're saying that that is not a factor anymore, that home field just is not a big deal anymore. Teams have learned how to handle crowds and learned how to handle travel. And if you look at what's going on with the spread, road teams are not struggling the or, titans just went to seattle is that the making, toughest place to play in the league or how, one of them what's the what's the time frame and they of this? were big dogs and they won what's the time well frame last of this year it went away because of covid and right. crowd restrictions and they're saying they're not seeing it come back with crowds the first two weeks of this nfl season that even this the season before covid it was starting to tail off it's something to really monitor but home field is not what it's been and some places like Nashville, Tennessee, where the stadium's down the street from where we're broadcasting, there tend to be a lot of fans. The Chargers are the same way. Uh, Kansas City is there this week, right? Yes. It's going to be a home field for Kansas City. Right. So things like that wash it out as well. But it's just not that big of a deal, uh, even in places, you know, even some weeks in places like Seattle, like we just saw, uh, I just saw first firsthand. But but really, in some stadiums that don't have huge, you know, crowd things or noise things or whatever, two points is is too much. I think we should take a moment and pay the what is I think the lack of respect for organizations that truly deserve it that you're bringing up. Hutton. the ten and a half point line you mentioned. Denver at home favored over the Jets. It is pretty difficult in a league set up to go 8-8. Eight and eight, Parody. Where it is set up where it, you are rewarded for failure. You fail, you get high draft picks. 9-8 now. You fail regularly, nine. you get consistent high draft picks. And you can get decent quickly in the NFL. It's pretty remarkable to see organizations like the Jets hanging around, getting high pick after high pick, and just not working out to where you don't get talented enough to be consistently competitive. And I'm not saying, you know, every organization is going to go to the playoffs, right. you know, every two or three years or whatever. There's, there's, it, it's good to have bad organizations too, just like it's good to have the banner organizations we talk about. But you've got to be better than that. Right? You can't let it slip to that level. You are right, though. We never really talk about that. We talk about, you know, it's good when the Raiders are good. And we talk about the meaning of, of the Steelers and now New England and stuff like that. It really is good to have the Jets, you know, all-time losers or the Browns. Uh, you know, it's great that the Browns are getting good now. But it's good to have kind of the lovable losers or the predictable, like, you know, the Jets are going to find a way to, to be bad. But didn't didn't Zach Wilson throw as many picks as completions last week or something like something ridiculous like that? He had four picks and he threw two on his first two attempts of the game. Look, the Jets got. We mentioned this Monday. 
Uh, they are very consistent in how bad they are. Some I mean, teams get good quick. The Jets never get they're good They're 0-2 this season. They started 0-13 last year. Um, they started 1-7 in 2019, 4-12 in 2018 and 2017, 5-11. I mean, bad teams find a way to lose, and the Jets find a way to lose on a routine basis, and they allow the other team to cover. I overrated his stat. Un, uh, underrated. He must have had four completions and a lot of picks at one point. He finished 19 for 33 with 210. And, you know, some of that's mopping up a, a terrible, terrible 25-6 loss. Well, the, the stat was he threw more interceptions in this game than he did all season last year at BYU. That was the stat I saw. He had three picks last year at BYU, and Zach Wilson threw four against the Patriots. Look, and I think they've got better leadership. I think Sayla is a good coach. But, you know, sometimes, no matter how good a coach you put in a bad situation, yeah. it doesn't shine. And this is two games into the guy's regime. You've got to give him some time. But is there a reason for Jets fans to have faith no. that this is the one? It's, it's like Cleveland quarterbacks were for 20 years. Is there reason to believe the next guy's the guy? Uh, you, know, you know how I go on some of these things. I believe it. When I see it, if this well, is this the is, Jets' breakthrough coach, I'll believe it after I see them top 500. Well, and it, this is what's happening right now is in no way his fault uh, with the 0-2 start, but it's, it's an organizational failure. Adam Gase failure. cleanup is a big deal. It's just an organizational failure. And that's why I, I think it's, it's, almost, it's almost, if you ask someone to screw it up, it would be difficult to screw it up to this level when you're getting those high draft picks year after year. It's bad. And it, it's why we said during the draft, um, we were ranking all these quarterbacks. And I just said, I, I said at the time, tell me who's playing for Shanahan and who's playing for the Jets. Because I'm taking the guy who's going to be playing in San Francisco. The thing is, though, you go do a parlay on three of these obvious uh, winners, right? One of them won't happen. Oh, yeah. I mean, my upset pick of the, pick of the week is, is Chicago against Cleveland. Uh, that, that I would, to me... You have a full practice with Fields as the guy. I'm, I, I think that's a winnable game for the Bears. And by think, the way, the Bears are 1-1. One one. I think Cleveland wins by 20. Cleveland's got some issues, and Baker Mayfield's hurt. Um, Buffalo, minus 7.5 against Washington. No one respects that Washington defense. I, I think that Washington defense is great, but the Bills played great defense last week, and that pass rush that has been not a big issue for them showed up. So if, if the Bills pass rush, and their run game showed up. Yep. So if the Bills pass rush and run game shows up and they shut somebody out, what, 34 nothing? 35 nothing in Miami. I mean, they're not as good as that. But if the two elements that are the big concerns for the Bills all of a sudden are not big concerns for yeah. the Bills, then you got to like the Bills a lot. Coming up in the Tennessee Power Hour, we will discuss the Titans and the Colts. Uh, that's all straight ahead. We're going to get got, into a variety of topics, too, uh, with Armando Salguero coming up. I've got one Titans audio clip that I think could enrage the <laughs> Titans fan base. Uh, it should. There was a good tease earlier, Chad. I hope you like that one as well. Uh, it, that was a great tease. Uh, I love uh, teases of rage. <laughs> when you can tease rage, upcoming rage, I'm all for you it. You think people will stay tuned for rage? I think, it really, I think rage sells. Stay tuned for rage. Um, I think we've seen it everywhere. Rage it's, not a, it's not a tease for rage, but Lane Kiffin is teasing college football fans uh, with uh, his latest Instagram account. Uh, at the time, he was not following anyone. Yeah, he's following one person. Oh, he's now. following three now. Oh, it, it was uh, one for a couple of days. He started following Arch Manning. He built he the account, the, we think, for Arch Manning. It was Manning, the right? only. No, he's had this account. Oh, has he? Um, and he, st he was following no one. 
he followed Arch Manning, and someone found this where he's following one person, and it happens to be the greatest recruit since, I don't know, Peyton. So he quickly followed two others. And uh, so then, then he followed his own, his own quarterback, Matt Corral, <laughs> and the Ole Miss Rebels football team official account which is outstanding. Somebody's constantly monitoring this. Someone so this monitor- is the world we live in. Someone tweeted it out, and then Kiffin, the, the reason why I love Kiffin so much is he plays into, he leans into it. He doesn't, um, he's not boasting about this and what he's doing. He's leaning into the whole Ole Miss-Tennessee game with the Mannings calling it because, again, the Mannings are connected to Arch Manning. And he's also leaning into this by retweet. He, this guy, this random uh, guy found this and tweeted it out, and Kiffin just retweeted it. You know who should be leaning into this? <laughs> West Virginia should have jumped yes, all over yes. that because some people took it seriously. And since there's an element of the population that is that stupid, West Virginia should have jumped all over it. Pat McAfee should have jumped all over it. For those that it. don't know, Paul's referring to when Pat McAfee yeah. asked Peyton about Arch. And Peyton said, oh, he's committed to, he's committing to West Virginia. Which is Pat McAfee's alma mater. And, and I found the text chain where, where there was a discussion of Arch Manning, and uh, several people just mentioned it. Matter of fact, they, well, oh, he's going to West Virginia. These were media members on the text chain too, right? That said this? No, or media members were disp- telling them, you idiots, he was being sarcastic. He was playing to Pat McAfee there, for humor. We're going to talk a lot about Arch Manning over the course of this show, I'm sure. Is there any doubt that he's not going to Ole Miss? I, I watched I his whole recruitment. West I'm thinking, I mean, his granddad was a legend there. His uncle Eli was a legend there. His dad was a wide receiver at Ole Miss. They're old. They have a condo in Oxford. Wasn't there early talk? I just that don't Clemson see any way that he's was, not going to Ole Miss. Wasn't there early talk that Clemson was was doing very well with him? I mean, I'm sure he's being keeping an open mind. Sure. He's visiting a lot of places, but Georgia he's end was up, one of them. He's going to end up at Ole Miss. That's my I, take. I agree. People were shocked when Peyton didn't end yeah, up at all. I don't Miss. know what his personality is like. If his personality melds with Lane Kiffin, and not everybody's does, if it does, it's a fantastic marriage. Ted, are you following Arch Manning? Are you following this? Prayerfully. You know, I, I follow his Lane Kiffin. His other uncle went to UT. I follow Lane. That's what I'm saying. But that's, that's what, the only that's connection. Said. Uh, and Peyton's response to Pat McAfee was terrific. Yeah, it was he, awesome. he didn't skip a beat. He's going he to West ready. Virginia. He yeah, he's ready. going to West Virginia. You could tell he's watching the game, so he's focused on that too, but he didn't laugh or smile or anything, just deadpan. Oh, yeah, he's going to West Virginia, Pat. Thanks for asking. He said it so deadpan that half of America took him seriously. Coming up, Armando Salguero joins us. He is the senior writer for Outkick.com covering the NFL. Always a great conversation. We'll preview week three across the National Football League. That is all straight ahead. First, though, Mac Weldon. We love their style, and you're a busy guy. Stop thinking about what to wear and embrace the radically efficient Mac Weldon daily wear system. The daily wear system, a selection of clothes rooted in smart design made with performance fabrics built to work together from breathable t-shirts and polos to stylish button-ups and shorts, underwear and beyond. Mac Weldon makes it easy for you to dress for work, leisure, and play or wherever your summer takes you. I wore my Mack Weldon polo shirt yesterday, got home, put on a Mack Weldon t-shirt. So comfortable, you're going to find out the same thing. Mack Weldon also has a free loyalty program called Weldon Blue. Level 1 gets you free shipping for life. Once you reach level 2 by spending $200, you get 20% off every order for the next year. Chad, Chad does three costume changes a day. Well, it's David Reed was telling me the ultimate lazy Sunday apparel is these sweat shorts. Not sweat pants, but sweat shorts. Mm-hmm that he loves through Mac Weldon. You piqued my interest, Reed. Uh, we are big fans of 
solid sales. If you go to MacWeldon.com slash Outkick360 right now, use the code Outkick360 for 20% off your first order. Load up. That's a substantial discount. Use the code Outkick360 at MacWeldon.com slash Outkick360. Mac Weldon reinventing men's basics. PGA Tour Pro Scott Stallings joins us in about 20, 25 minutes from now. Welcome back, Outkick 360, across the Outkick Network with Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Thursday night football tonight, Texans and Panthers. And uh, here to give us all of the great picks, I'm joking, on Thursday night football, is Armando Salguero. A lot better games coming up on Sunday and Monday night as we preview week three across the NFL. Armando, great to have you back on the show. How are you? Jonathan, Paul, Chad, how are you guys? Excellent. I almost Doing great. In again. I'm sorry. <laughs> great. You uh, very cleverly called the NFL Today on CBS one of the two or three best pregame shows out there. Uh, I totally, uh, I totally agree. I, I like avoiding these shows. The Titans always play early, so it's easy not to see them. Uh, they had a very interesting, uh, in quotation marks, discussion of of Aaron Rodgers, uh, which you wrote a column about at Outkick, um, and you weren't really a fan of what they had to say. Tell us why. Look, uh, Paul, we've all been there. We've seen players not live up to their uh, standard, not play well, and so you call them out for that. You you pretty much tell the truth about what's going on on the field. But the thing that the NFL today did was they got personal with Aaron Rodgers. It was about mocking the guy's man bun. Um, honestly, as I wrote, I don't care if he's got a man bun or if he's got a horn coming out of his <laughs> you know, the side of his neck or his forehead. If he's playing well, he's playing well. And if he's not, I'm pretty sure it wasn't the man bun. And they went into his mind because they had that superpower and figured out that he wasn't really engaged for the New Orleans game, that it was a problem that was born in the offseason when he didn't show up to, you know, OTAs and so forth. And I'm thinking this is a guy that's played 192 starts in the NFL. He's thrown 416 touchdowns and he has one bad game, granted a really bad game. And now you're coming with, we're going to psychoanalyze and you don't have the right to have a, an opinion about what the team should be doing, uh, which is something that uh, Bill Cower was saying. And by the way, Bill Polian, who's in the Hall of Fame, he used to ask Jim Kelly and Peyton Manning what they thought of the team and the team's makeup every year. And he didn't necessarily do what they thought. He didn't do what they said, but he checked with them. And I think that's what Rodgers was wanting the Green Bay Packers to do before they went out and drafted Jordan Love. Armando Salguero with us on the Outkick 360 and across the Outkick network. You can read his work at outkick.com. Let's stay with the Green Bay Packers who travel on the road to face the San Francisco 49ers in week three. 
What we saw in week two, maybe maybe they'll do a feature on the NFL today about some of the dimes that uh, Rodgers was throwing in that second half against the Lions defense, fitting it within a crease uh, in between defenders. What do you think of Rodgers in week two, not week one, and as the Packers hit the road to face the 49ers and gets Jimmy Garoppolo, who is not giving up his seat as the starter anytime soon, it doesn't appear. Yeah, suddenly the guy with the man bun threw four touchdown passes. <laughs> And without an interception and completed like 72% of his passes, by the way. So I don't know, maybe it didn't matter all of a sudden. And uh, it's interesting because we do know that Aaron Rodgers, if he had his druthers, he would be playing for the San Francisco 49ers. He's from the Bay area. He's um, you know, he's done with green Bay. Let's, let's be honest. That doesn't mean he's quit on Green Bay. There's there's a difference to that. And I think that what you have with the Packers right now is not an Aaron Rodgers problem. It's a offensive line problem. They have a bad offensive line. And if you have a bad offensive line, it exposes just about anyone. That's a problem for them this week because San Francisco has a good defensive line and something that the Detroit Lions don't necessarily have. So it's going to be interesting to see if he can stay on, he being Rodgers, can stay on that role that he got on against the Lions. It's more interesting to see if he gets protected up front. Armando, I'm not a guy who wants to take fun out of football or any sport or has a big problem with celebrations or, or anything like that. And I'm for coaches that allow their players to show some personality and, and be themselves. But I'm watching the Kansas City-Baltimore game Sunday night, and I watch Lamar Jackson somersault into the end zone and land on his hip, and I immediately think, that seems excessive. And now he isn't practicing with a hip injury. What should John Harbaugh be thinking and saying about this celebration? They've officially, by the way, called it illness that he's out with today okay. per Schefter, but that could be an ill hip. Uh, I think he's got a stomach flu or something like that. So, so there's that. But yeah, I saw that and I was thinking, that's not smart. But, you know, hey, more power to him. If he could do it, if he wants to do it, it may not be smart but it's damn impressive athletically. Um, How many guys have we seen over the course of, you know, decades injure themselves with touchdown celebrations? Because I've seen it. Uh, I've seen guys blow out their knees, jumping up and spiking the ball uh, and landing wrong on one of their knees. Uh, I've seen guys that, you know, do somersaults into the end zone and hurt their back. Look, I get it. Uh, In the heat of the moment, you feel, I guess, I've never felt it because I didn't play in the NFL. You feel kind of a euphoria about it. But is it smart? (laughs) Uh, I did a lot of dumb things when I was 25 years old also. But typically it involved not football. It involved... (laughs) Things such as cars, women, and drink. Uh, so there was that. So Richard Sherman was charged with five misdemeanors, including DUI, trespassing, and there was a domestic violence element. 
He's emerged and says his decade worth of resume should stand more firmly than a momentary lapse in judgment. He's obviously trying to get back in. We've heard of a couple teams checking him out. I think San Francisco and Seattle, the two he's played for, as well as the Bucks, who tend to look at everybody. Do you think he resurfaces and how seriously should these things be held against him as he tries to? Well, they're being held against him. He's not in the NFL uh, right now. And it doesn't. So here's here's the interesting thing. Reports of interest are not always equal to actual yeah. interest. OK, reports of interest, as you know, Paul, are the agent calling a reporter Same and saying, hey, um, Richard, there's three teams that are interested in him. Uh, and typically what it, what happens is they don't want to tell you the team. Uh, I guess this time we got the team. I noticed that the teams have not confirmed that report. So uh, it's clear that Richard Sherman wants to get back in. It's clear that he's not. And I. it's hard to see him signing a contract here in the next couple of weeks because there's still a lot of due diligence to do on this thing, and it's not over. Armando, were you in Miami last week for Bills Dolphins? I was. How describe the first couple of snaps for Tua Tagovailoa and what he was facing pressure wise? Well, so on every snap they had unblocked blitzers coming at him. And that sounds terrible because the offensive line didn't figure it out. The coaching staff didn't figure it out. And Tua didn't figure it out. Typically, when you have a quarterback that is experienced and he sees a corner coming at him, like in his face, he gets rid of the football. He throws behind that corner because the guy behind that corner is typically open. Tua looked at, in, at one point at a blitzer right dead square in the face and still got sacked. So this goes to the whole processing quickly, you know, conversation that goes on with Tua. And obviously beyond that, yes, the coaching staff didn't figure it out quickly enough because it kept happening uh, as the game progressed. And it even happened to Jacoby Brissett. And also the offensive line is not stand, you know, it's, it's substandard at this point. So they go on the road to face Vegas now. Are you are you buying the Raiders at 2-0? and As we sit here in, in September, as we move forward down the road, are you seeing a playoff team? I see Derek Carr playing very well, and I love Derek Carr. Um, I see their defense playing Gus Bradley defense. They're playing together. They're playing well up front. They know their assignments. And so, you know, I don't think we any of us need to buy them as a playoff team. That's like, you know, three months down the road or two months down the road. But – are they playing together? Are they playing non-2019, 2020 Raiders football? Right. Yeah. They're, they don't look like that team anymore. They hit Ben Roethlisberger 10 times. 
and hurt him. Uh, and so um, if I'm statue of David Jacoby Brissett in the pocket, I'm a little worried this week. Have you already booked your flights to Foxborough? Will you be covering next week Brady's return to Foxborough? I have booked my flight to Foxborough there. And uh, from what I understand, it's a it's a hot ticket. It's a hot potential even to get into Fox, but I somehow squirmed my way in. It's so it's sad of me to even bring it up right now because we, we have the Saints in Foxborough this week. They're trying to rebound off of what was a poor performance in week two. Meanwhile, the Bucks have a very difficult game on the road against the LA Rams. And I can't help but think these are the games in between that and and where we can go next Sunday night for Brady's return to New England, where he has a chance to break the what record is it, Paul? That he has a chance to shatter. You know, I'm not even remembering. It's like passing yards or something. All time, yeah, all time passing mark. Yeah, passing breeze. He's 499 yards away if he has a good week this week, and then. You know, can go to New England and possibly break it. There. Oh, he's, yeah, He'll he's breaking it there. For it. This is a better game this week, though. Like, if you're like me and you like a good competitive football yeah. game, I think the Bucks will destroy New England. Do you? Uh, in, in a week? Oh, I think they'll be charged up. I think that. I think I can't wait to see too, it. But. I can't wait to see their matchup there. Um, but let, let, let's mention the Rams. The Rams go on the road. They win by three against the Colts. They return home. Armando two and zero, oh, and now they will host the Bucks red hot. Uh, where one of these two teams will not be among the unbeaten teams in the league anymore. Uh, what do you think of Tampa? Tampa, who makes Gronkowski look 10 years younger than what he is with how he's performing early in the season. Brady, we, we had a discussion earlier this week. Brady's playing the best of, of, among any quarterback right now in the league if you just watch him play the first two games. Who do you give the leg up to in this? Well, you know, so Brady is not only playing great this season, he's playing great. 2007 Brady mm. Remember in 2007, when he was 30 years old, uh, they came out with Randy Moss and Wes Welker in his first year there. And they went 19 games, I think, or 18 games undefeated before they lost in the Super Bowl. And they were scoring, you know, close to 40 points a game. He's on a, a um, he's on a streak to break his touchdown mark career-wise from that year. He's ahead of that pace right now at 44 years old. He's playing better than he did at 30 years old with Randy Moss. So uh, (laughs) it's weird and it's crazy. It shouldn't happen. That shouldn't be allowed. Uh, (laughs) The game seems to be as much a referendum on Matthew Stafford as it is on Tom Brady. We know Tom Brady's good. Matthew Stafford was brought to LA to be a stud, to be a franchise quarterback, to be everything that he was supposed to be in Detroit, but wasn't. We'll see. This is the kind of game where he's got to step up. You you ever seen a guy have to clarify? No, no, I actually do watch film. I I was, (laughs) I was just goofing around. (laughs) Yeah. uh, It was funny, Paul. And I don't believe him. I'm sorry. I don't either. I think he was being perfectly honest with the Manning. Right. Absolutely. I believe he was being, you know, candid with the Mannings. And then somebody got in his ear and said, dude, you you, you sound like a foof. 
could you please walk that back a little bit? So he corrected and he, you know, kind of massaged it a little bit. I don't think he watches all that much film. Well, Those Bruce Arians, he was he was going to the podium right after Bruce Arians, who was threatening threatening right then to take away his veteran day off <laughs> <laughs> if he didn't straighten out the record. Armando, the one thing we fans are going to learn by watching the Manning cast is that the players often don't live, eat, and breathe football the way they do, especially on a Monday night. Right. They don't even know who they're playing. Right. Kelsey didn't even know who's playing the next week. Yeah. Well, I mean, so most of the league gets Tuesday off, right? Um, most of the players anyway. And so on Monday evening, it's like their Friday night yeah. for all yeah. of us. And they're, you know, eating wings and maybe imbibing a little bit <laughs> and, out and not worried about football. And here come the Mannings talking about burger routes and <laughs> Gilligan's Island blocking because you're on an island and uh, they just, first of all, they don't really worry about the game. They don't care all that much about the game. Russell Wilson seemed to be into it. Yeah, it was good. Uh, the first week. And Ray Lewis seemed to be into it the first week. But, you know, those two guys, those two cats are different. Ray Lewis is retired. The other guys... Yeah, man. Whatever. I, I just assume they not have that many guests on, to be honest. I'm with you. Where are you headed this week? I'm Ooh. headed to oh. the outkick.com um, couch over okay. that way. Yep. <laughs> and that's where I'll be uh, for the weekend. little red zone. I wanted to ask yes, you also sir. about uh, about Justin Fields and just your impression of his first extended time as Bears quarterback. And what kind of chance do you give them this weekend against Cleveland? Yeah, Chad. So let me ask you guys, do you believe if Justin Fields is successful the next couple of games or three games, do you believe Coach Matt Nagy, who has said – when Andy Dalton is healthy, he will be our starting quarterback. Do we all believe that? No. No, no really shouldn't, way. He shouldn't say it. He should just say, Fields is my quarterback this week, and we'll see where it goes from we'll there. We'll re reevaluate week to week. Yeah, I don't believe it either. And, and you know, it's easy not to believe. They had, um, they had no availability scheduled for Matt Nagy on, uh, I think it was Tuesday. Tuesday or Wednesday, they're starting mm -hmm. to run for me. And so they changed their minds because they needed to announce Justin Fields. So if they can change their mind about <laughs> having a press conference, they can certainly change their mind about Andy Dalton is our starter for the rest of the year when he's healthy. I don't buy that one iota. If they really wanted to troll the media and fans, they should tweet out the photo that they tweeted out when they signed Dalton QB with the QB1. They should go ahead and send it out now. They pretty much and, did it verbally. Yeah. I mean, if Taylor Heineke can keep his job over uh, Fitzpatrick whenever Fitzy returns, uh, can't Justin Fields beat out Andy Dalton? I mean, that, that should be realistic. Absolutely, it should be realistic. And look, there's, there, there's <laughs> stuff involved here. Can you? So you're Justin Fields, you get thrown in there, and it's an opportunity. Granted, I don't imagine he thinks he's being thrown in. He's being awarded in his mind, I assume. 
But can you imagine if he does relatively well, if he's learning, if he's improving week to week, he gets told, um, yeah, great job. Go take a seat. That that's got to be heartbreaking for the guy. And I don't see, you know, the way to develop a quarterback, uh, including early season heartbreak for no reason. Armando Salguero, you can read his work, outkick.com, joins us weekly on Outkick 360. Armando, thank you for the time. Enjoy the couch this weekend at the NFL Red Zone channel. We look forward to reading all your work and recapping week three. Thank you. You got it. Armando Salguero. Thank you. Great guest each and every week. We love having him a part of the Outkick Network. He's getting good reviews on YouTube. Yeah, yep. yes. And uh, always great insight there as we preview the top games of the week with him each and every Thursday. Coming up, in-studio guest, Scott Stallings, 12-year PGA Tour vet, three-time winner on tour, and with the Ryder Cup just around the corner, well, here, it's here, um, we'll pick his brain about being a, a PGA pro with the Ryder Cup in town and also a big event in town for him that he's a part of. That and much more with Scott Stallings next on OutKick 360. Glad you're with us across the network today. Alongside Chad Withrow, I'm Jonathan Hutton. PK stepped out briefly because Scott Stallings is here. And as we build out this studio, we currently have three mics. We will soon have four. PGA Tour Pro, 12 years on tour, three-time winner. Scott Stallings in studio with us at 6th and Peabody. Thanks so much for being here, man. How are you? Good, man. Thank you guys for having me. What brings you to Nashville? Uh, we have our uh, Tennessee Junior Cup some, as our 10th year. Uh, we basically divide Tennessee down the middle, I-65, and 10 boys and four girls from each side, and they have it out. We try to plan it out about the same week as the President's Cup or the Ryder Cup, so it you know, kind of falls in line with everything that's you know, happening in the world of golf. And uh, We have a great host at the Grove and a great partner in the that's Tennessee Golf course. Foundation. And uh, it's pretty cool to see these kids work all year to accumulate points and, and be a part of the team. And uh, they show up tomorrow afternoon and basically have at it for three straight days. Well, when you get a chance to watch these kids, uh, you know, you go out there and play live. I'm curious, being a tour pro, do you see things in them and say, okay, this guy or girl's got it to be a pro? Or is it just the same message? Hey, keep working, kid. Every time you see him, or is there a certain tendency you're looking for to say, okay, they've got something? Yeah, there's definitely some stuff that stands out. And, you know, to this point now, this is our 10th year, like the kids that came in high school and now have gone to college and now have, you know, moved on to later parts in their career. It's pretty cool to look back and remember when they were a junior cupper for the first time and meeting them and seeing, like, uh, I had a chance to play with Ryan Hall, who's in his uh, last year at South Carolina. He had an invitation to play the 3M in Minnesota. And it was like, man, it wasn't that long ago that I was like having to like get you to the course to play and, and meet you for the first time when you were in high school. And now you're playing a tour event with me. And it was pretty cool to see how you know far it comes full circle. What, what's this story I've heard about uh, high schoolers at an invitational, your team against Snedeker's team? <laughs> Oh, that was the very first year. So Sneds helped me get started. Uh, Mr. Horton, the foundation uh, president a long time ago, basically had us in the principal's office and said, you know, you guys are going to do something in golf in the state of Tennessee, figure it out. 
And, that was it. And, you know, we didn't know. So SNEDS does the SNEDS tour now uh, full time. It's been a great support, support of that for a long time. And so SNEDS did the West. I did the East. The West dominated us the first year. <laughs> uh, but do, learn- do you split Nashville in half when you do that? Because yeah, Nashville is a pretty fertile yeah, ground yeah, we had that you kid- want to have. We had kids on the same high school team that were on opposing teams, just based <laughs> off where you lived in relative to I-65. Should give a shout out to Whit Turbo, who's now the president of the Tennessee Golf Foundation, right? Yes, he is. I was Good with dude. Him this, I was with him this morning, so you can ask him about how his match went this morning. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll ask him. I'll send him a text. All right, so the Ryder Cup coming up, and it, it begins uh, tomorrow, runs through Sunday. Most of everything will be on NBC. I want to Chad chime in on this. I, I don't know much about the American locker room, but the Europeans, Scott, Padraig Harrington, he has the European team realizing the exclusive group that they're a part of. And so they have built this locker room based around numbers. Um, Every European player has been assigned a number dating back to 1927. Only 164 players have participated. And so he takes that 164 and then makes you realize how small of a number that actually is because he has this lifelike uh, suit, this astronaut suit in in the locker room that you walk by and it has how many people have been to space. It's 570 people representing 41 countries. And he has all those people listed next to that. 1,881 people have been able to swim across the English Channel. So he has all of those people listed in the locker room. 5,780 people have climbed and reached the summit of Mount Everest. And so he has that number and those people listed. And then... You go into the locker room, and every player has their own number, which you will see on the broadcast for the Ryder Cup. They'll have their individual number, so it'll be you know, 165, for instance, on, on one of the bags, and that represents something. As a golfer, I think it's a, you know, we think of it as a very individual sport. As you walk into a team setting, what would that do to set the mindset and the framework for what you're about to go do and represent? I mean, it would be pretty powerful. Just the fact that, like, the stuff that you just listed, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, just the the amount of time that that took to figure all that <laughs> stuff know. out is worth itself. But uh, it's amazing to see what the guys end up uh, coming up with, and the stuff that you know happens in the team room that you hear after the fact. And uh, I need to continue to work on my game to hopefully be a part of that <laughs> one day. Do, do you see guys uh, literally shut down the borders? Uh, with the European players and the American players that are going to be in that in that tournament against each other in the Ryder Cup in the weeks leading up to it at times, where you see them maybe stopping talking to each other and glad-handing as much as they get ready for that competition. I think it's strange. Yeah, I played in Napa last week. was our first uh, first event of the new season. And, you know, to see Rom out there and, and playing and, and being a part of, you know, Obviously, he's the number one player in the world to, you know, playing in an event and being a competitor and then all of a sudden going and representing the European team in the Ryder Cup. You know, it's definitely has its unique uh, characteristics, but, you know, we're all out there playing and going, but and not as probably as much as you think. You can follow Scott on Twitter at Stallings Golf. Uh, he was a Napa playing last week. This week he's here in Nashville for his event. And then next week you head to Mississippi on tour? Yeah, Sanderson Farms and then Vegas uh, for the Shriners. Back-to-back weeks. Well done, man. Keep up the success. <laughs> Thank you very much. And, and welcome to the studio. What do you think of the place? I think this is great. Uh, Nashville is, you know, obviously it, you can say everything you want to say about what's going on down here, but I feel like every single time I come back, I just live two hours down the road in Knoxville, and I feel find myself more and more blown away with, you know, 
people enjoying the city that we all know, and you guys have made a great home here. There's I, always a different uh, high-rise. <laughs> every time I walk around, I'm like, that, that building wasn't here yesterday. Yeah, I my, feel like they're just popping up every day. My Uber driver said the national, uh, the uh, state bird is the crane. Of all the cra- <laughs> all the cranes downtown, I didn't know what he, I didn't know what he meant. And then we drove, turned around the corner, and I knew exactly what he was talking about. Hey man, good to see you. Thanks for dropping by. I appreciate it very much. Coming up, uh, Scott's going to love this hour: the Tennessee Power Hour. We're going to preview Vols and Gators. We will talk Titans and Colts injury reports and much more with all of that. Uh, We'll start with the injury report of the Titans going into the Week 3 matchup against the Colts. A chance to send the Colts to 0-3 after they leave Nashville. That's all straight ahead. From 6th and Peabody, it's OutKick 360. Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to OutKick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day. And give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.